Yo, 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 yo. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Excited. I'm excited. Uh, you know, nice Friday afternoon. I'm here to deliver you guys Saturday episode of the Isaiah Kid podcast. Welcome back. I'm excited. Um, so we got a, we got a lot to dig into today. I wanna I wanna I'm so happy. I can start off with a football topic, and this is nothing against the basketball. You know, the people that listen to my basketball take or you know my or my basketball content. I love I love basketball. I do. I really do love basketball. But I, you know, I don't know. It's just something in the air. It's 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 almost mid August. You know, preseason football. Uh, you know, I, I, the training camps. I I'm ready to see the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, you know, fantasy football. So many people are sending me invites to their leagues. <laughs> I'm just excited um, to uh, get into this fa- and get into this NFL season, uh, football season, just in general, uh, college and NFL. But I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, and, I, and as you can tell, I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, so you guys probably already know what I'm gonna start off with. But uh, baseball also had a great night. Um, this Thursday, the I mean, the Field of Dream games uh, between the Yankees and the White Sox, uh, that was great. That was great. That was that was that was really that was a really good put. That was a well put together game in just production television production um, from Fox or MLB. I don't know. I don't know who was all behind it. I think you know, but MLB should. The MLB should be very excited and happy about what happened last night. Once again, you guys know this is a Saturday episode, but I recorded on Friday. So, uh, like I said, Thursday night, the Yankees and the White Sox, they played on the Field of Dreams out in Iowa. Um, I mean, great scenery, great setting great atmosphere. MLB should be really proud. They should be really proud and happy about how last night transpired between the White Sox and the Yankees. Uh I'm going to talk I'm going to talk a little bit about that, but uh also going on, we had a couple preseason games on and and and, and, and prior, before I even get to it, where's my manners? Uh this is your humble and highly favorite host, Isaiah Kid of the Isaiah Kid podcast. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. I'm doing fine. Shouts out to all the first-time listeners. Shouts out to all the regular listeners. Shouts out to all the people that's been sharing this podcast and, you know, helping me grow my audience. Uh, I greatly appreciate it. Thank you, guys. We're doing such a really good job. Um, you know, I'm I'm ver- I'm truly <clears throat> uh, appreciative of what you guys have been doing and, you know, streaming the podcast and so forth. So greatly appreciate it. You could have been doing anything else or listening to anything else or watching anything else, and you chose to come here. So thank you. So let's get into it. Um, be, You know, I was – so preseason football has started. Um, we had a couple preseason games on, right? I was and, – and, and people, I think – and I'm I'm excited for football season two, as you as you guys just heard me go, you know, on a rant to start off the episode. I'm I'm really excited for football season. But preseason to me, I think is <laughs> I think sometimes people get preseason and they take like they just they just go out of control. They just go crazy about preseason. And let's just let's just tell it like it is. For for myself, I tune into preseason football for the rookie quarterbacks. 
that's one of the main and few reasons why. Um, you know, the rookie that I watch, the rookie quarterbacks, I want to see, you know, granted it's a preseason game, but I want to see how they adjust to the NFL level. Uh, I want to see how the ball comes out the hand. I want to see the rotation of the ball. I want to see the progressions and the reads that they make. I like to see all the little stuff. Um, so that's just me. That, that's why I tune in. Like, I can remember uh, a couple years ago when I first started this podcast, uh, and I was talking about Kyla Murray's uh, preseason debut. And like, I, and like I said then, I thought he was small, smaller than usual, obviously. Um, but I thought he was quick, explosive. I thought he had great pop when he threw the ball. Uh, he was accurate, and I, I basically said, "Hey, if he's in the right, if he's put in the right situation, I think Kyle Murray can work." And look at him now; he works, you know. So, speaking of rookie quarterbacks making their preseason debut, Mac Jones was one of those rookie quarterbacks on um, this past day, this Thursday night um, that made his preseason debut for the New England Patriots. And I know some of you guys probably think I'm going to be negative. I'm not going to be negative. I'm just going to bring a sense of reality. I, that's what that's what I'm going to be. I'm, I'm going to bring a sense of reality about this whole Mac Jones Patriot situation. Right. Um, and, and, and if you guys can remember going into the draft, I was talking about Mac Jones a lot. And it was based off the fact that there were a lot of speculations and news and, you know, just a lot. It was a lot of speculation that the 49ers were would possibly draft Mac Jones at three, and I didn't. From you guys know how I felt about that. I didn't. I was not huge on the 49ers possibly taking Mac Jones at three. I thought first you don't move mountains to move all the way. You don't move mountains to move all the way up to the draft and draft a guy in Mac Jones that has a low ceiling. I thought he was a good prospect, but not a great prospect. I wouldn't have taken him at three. We all know what happened. He didn't get taken at three. He fell a little bit in the Patriots draft, though. I thought the Patri Mac. I thought Pat. Mac I thought Mac Jones getting drafted by the Patriots was a better fit. I thought it was a really good fit for Mac Jones and what the Patriots want. Um, and what I saw from him yesterday in this preseason debut, it's kind of what I expected. It's kind of what I expected. Doesn't he? You know, Mac Jones. He's not gonna wow you. With his arm talent, um, or you know, or his athleticism, you know, he's not gonna wow you with that factor. But I saw a guy, what I expected, you know, uh, an anticipatory thrower or passer, uh, accurate, smart. I, you know, it, it was it was pretty impressive to see him kind of grasp. I talk, I hear Cam Newton, you know, other players talk about how you know he's so prepared and his preparation. So I, you know, I, I I saw what I expected from Mac Jones, and granted, like I said, I don't overreact because I'm not trying to overreact to one preseason game. But even what I said, hey, I see a, a I see a guy that's going to be accurate. I see a guy that's going to be able to make anticipatory throws. But I see a guy who has a low ceiling. I still stand by that. I I see a guy in Mac Jones who has a low ceiling. Now, this isn't this doesn't mean bad news for the Patriots. No. It just means the Patriots offensively, they're gonna have a low ceiling. And when I look at and, and I talk about this all the time, like when I bring on Coach Lee, uh, we always debate about this topic um as far as the quarterback position. And I I, I continue to point out you look at this, you look at the legit Super Bowl contenders. 
as far as teams and you look at what they have at the quarterback position, it's very similar. They have guys that are da- that are dynamic either with their arm or with their legs and they can make a play or extend the play and get you a cheap points because in this league it's it's so offensive friendly you got to be able to get cheap points you got to get cheap points um off of off of quick drives and, and it's nothing wrong with being methodical and slow it's nothing wrong with being efficient but sometimes you got to be able to stretch the field and beat the defense over the top. And you look at you look at the and, and just think about it. Name all of the Super Bowl contenders, like the legit Super Bowl contenders from last year going into this year. You know, obviously Kansas City, obviously Tampa Bay, obviously uh, Buffalo. You know, some people might throw Green Bay in there. You look at those teams, you see what they have. You they have a guy at the quarterback position who. Who, who can stretch the field, beat you over the top, or or can extend plays and be dynamic outside when the play breaks down. Even a team like the Seattle Seahawks, they have a guy in Russell Wilson who can who he can extend plays and be, and become very dynamic either with his arm or his legs. The same goes for Baltimore. Baltimore, they have a guy in Lamar Jackson who can extend plays and be and be very dynamic. That's what you need to win for me because you can have great coaching. You can have great defense, but you can have all of those things. But I feel like in today's game where the quarterback, where the quarterback position is going in today's game, you got to have a guy that could either stretch the field, that has dynamic arm talent, that can stretch the field, that can extend plays. You get, like Your quarterback has to have some of these traits, I feel like. I feel like your quarterback has to have these traits if you want to be taken serious as a Super Bowl contender. That's just me. Um, you can have great coaching. You can have a really good defense. But if you don't have that guy on the center that's going to be able to be dynamic or ex- extend plays either with their leg or with their arm, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to win big games in this league. Now. I think with the with the New England Patriots, back to them. Obviously, they have great coaching and Bill Belichick. Their defense looks really good. I think their defense is going to be really good, and, and and Belichick is a defensive mastermind. So defensively, they're going to be fine. But offensively, I think they have a ceiling. Um, they don't have many. They don't. They don't. They're obviously we we all know New England. They don't draft great as far as skill positions. They don't have any elite playmakers on the outside, um, and so they're not gonna they're not gonna overwhelm you, and they're not gonna they're not a big time threat where they're gonna not they're not they're not gonna take a lot of chances down the field. Everything is gonna be slow, methodical, efficient, anticipatory throws, and I wouldn't be mad with someone if you know if they thought Mac Jones should be the starter because. You because my because New England is in a dilemma because they have Mac Jones, who, like I said, he's gonna he's gonna be accurate, he's gonna be efficient, he's gonna make anticipatory throws, but he doesn't give you the playmaking and the ability to extend plays. But you have a guy in Cam Newton who is a playmaker, athletic, and a like when he gets in the red zone, he's a big time red zone threat as far as 
you know, running the ball and carrying the ball within the end zone. He's a big time threat, but as far as throwing, there's some limitations. You know, he lacks efficiency. He, you know, Cam is not the best. He's not the best at anticipating throws. So you, that's where that's that's the where that's where New England kind of finds themselves in in a dilemma as far as the quarterback position because for me, with New England in the offensive in the offensive system that they run, Mac Jones is the better fit. And and Mac Jones is obviously their future. You don't take a, a, a you don't take a quarterback in 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 today's game, um, in the first round, in the mid first round, and not and you know not playing around and not playing around him or accordingly. So with New England, I think they can win some. I think they can win some games. I think they can be a ten win team. But as far as them winning a Super Bowl, I don't see it. I don't think I I, I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I look at a team like the Rams. You guys know I'm really big on the Rams. I was I was high on the Rams last year, very high on the Rams. You guys know I like Sean McVay. You guys know I like the Rams culture. The Rams last year had the number one ranked defense. They had the best defensive player in football in Aaron Donald. They had the best defensive back, the best cornerback, in my opinion, in football, Jalen Ramsey. They had really good coaching from Sean McVay. They have a really good culture. McVay is an offensive mastermind. And they 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 they, they were they got one and done. They won one playoff game and then got bounced in the play in the playoffs. They got bounced in the next game. So that goes to show and, and what and what offseason moves did the Rams make this this offseason? What did they do? What did the Rams do this offseason? You know what they did? They replaced Jared Goff, a guy in Jared Goff who I like, but can be turnover prone, and he doesn't give you the ability to stretch the ball down the field. So you know what they did? They went out and traded for Matthew Stafford, a, a guy who has a dynamic arm, who has tremendous arm talent, and then they went out and drafted or signed deep threats at the receiver position because that's what the Rams lacked last year. The Rams lack a guy who they they lack a speed guy on the outside who can beat you down the field and their quarterback in Jared Goff last year couldn't stretch the field. That was the Rams problem. The Rams had everything else going for them. The Rams had the number 1 ranked defense, they had great coaching, they had they had two of the best defensive players in football. And they 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 only won one playoff game. They had everything going for them, but they didn't have they didn't have a quarterback with either a dynamic arm. They didn't have a receiver that could, they didn't have a speedster that can just beat you down the field. They didn't have that. They didn't have that. They didn't have anybody that can take the top off the defense. They didn't have the quarterback that that could throw the ball and stretch the field and take the top off the defense. And they didn't have a receiver that can stretch the field. And take the top off the defense. The Rams went. In, the Rams went ahead and did that. The Patriots. That's what I'm saying. The Patriots. That's why I said Mac Jones. In my opinion, I think he has a low ceiling compared to all the other quarterbacks that went ahead of him or went after him. Like I'm looking at a guy like Justin Fields. I'm looking at a guy like Trey Lance. I'm looking at a guy like Trevor Lawrence. I, they, in my opinion, even Zach Wilson. In my opinion, those quarterbacks have higher ceilings than Mac Jones. 
And like I said, Mac Jones not a he's not gonna be a bust. He's not gonna be a bust. Like I said, like exactly like I said after the draft, Mac Jones is not gonna be a bust. I I actually think this fit in New England, this system for in New England fits Mac Jones and his skill sets. But he does have a low ceiling. Simple as that. You're gonna win games. I think I think the Patriots, they're gonna find a way to win games, just like they did last year. But they're not can we really take them serious as Super Bowl contenders? I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say no. And Mac Jones, he simply fits. I mean, he's the he's the he's a better pure, he's a better pure pocket passer than Cam. Um, he, he's going to be accurate. He's efficient, you know? So if new England wanted to start him day one, I wouldn't be mad because he better fits what they want to do offensively. Like I said, it would, I've said this countless times. It would be good to see cam get a second, like a, a second shot at the job, uh, at the starting job since his, it's his job to lose. I think, um, you know, but since he gets a second year under his belt in this system, it'll be good to see what he can do. But New England, as far as their quarterback situation, they're in a dilemma because Cam does bring the playmaking aspect, but he's not efficient. And just as a thrower, I think he has limitations. But with, with Mac Jones, he brings what this New England system fits. Like he's the prototypical, he's the quintessential quarterback that this offense fits. A pure pocket passer, making anticipatory throws, being accurate, being efficient. But with with that being said, I don't think in today's game, in today's NFL, I don't think you can win Super Bowls like that. That is a recipe where you can win 10 games. You could win nine to 10 games and make it to the playoffs, but you won't be going deep into the playoffs with that style. That's just me. I don't think you can. Um, and the teams that in the teams that you know that have formed that have been formed like that, like I said, the Rams last year, the Rams are a perfect example. The Rams knew they had to upgrade and get more dynamic and become a little bit more explosive on offense because you can't win like that. You can, you just can't. I don't think you can win like this. That's all. I just don't think you can win like this. But Mac Jones, I don't think he's going to bust. I don't think he's going to be a bust. I just think I know what I was expecting. It's what I expected from Mac Jones, a guy who looks pretty good. That, that looks pro-ready, but a, a low ceiling. A low ceiling at that. That's that's what I think. Um, so uh, let's move on. I'm going to catch you guys after the break. We're going to move on to the next topic. All right, so before I move on, I, and, and back to the conversation about Mac Jones. I mean, me and Coach Lee, uh, I bring on, if, you got, if, you, if you're a regular listener, you know, I bring on Coach Lee throughout the football season. Uh, and discuss football and so forth. And we, I literally have this conversation, we have this conversation a lot 
as far as the quarterback position and where it's going this, where it's going as far as in the NFL game today. And I, I truly think you need somebody dynamic, I feel like. You can have a great defense. You can have great coaching. But if if you don't have somebody that's dynamic or that can make plays, it's going to be very difficult for you to win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying you can't have success. That, and don't get that mistake. I'm not saying if you can't have success with a pocket quarterback, a pocket passer quarterback. You, I'm not saying that. But that pocket passer also has to have the ability to stretch the field. Um, so I, 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 I'm a big proponent on that. I, I'm big on that. I think I think that's the momentum and that's the route the NFL game is going with it leaning so much on offense and with the rules. You can have a great defense, and I'm not saying great defenses are a necessity, and you and you shouldn't. You like no, no, no. You need a good defense. Your defense needs to be solid. But with the with the way how the game is played offensively, a good defense can only do but so much at times. So, um, and I'm I am gonna bring on Coach Lee very soon to uh, discuss the football season. But we always and you guys, if you're, if you're a regular listener, you know we always have this discussion. But let's shift gears to um the MLB, the Ma- Major League Baseball, the field of field of dreams game was absolutely phenomenal uh, between the Yankees and White Sox. <clears throat> it was phenomenal. I so. I saw I saw like all the promotion and like I saw Alex Rodriguez and uh and, and Big Poppy, you know, they they did the, like they did some promo surrounding it. I seen that I did not see the first half of the game. I caught the like the back end of the game and so forth. I even I even rewatched it. Um I like I rewatched the seventh and eighth and ninth inning. The ninth inning was amazing. Uh six runs scored in the ninth inning. Uh great atmosphere. Great event for baseball, great television like presentation. Like Fox, Fox did a really good job with uh, you know, presenting the game. MLB, it was, you know, two two really good teams, two teams. The White Sox definitely are in the miss in the mix for the AL pennant. Um, the Yankees are still in the midst of the playoff and wild card um, you know, battle or race, I should say. But both teams are really good. Both teams were really good, so it was it was some really good baseball on display. Um, baseball, this was needed. This was a, this was a great event, uh, and like I, and like I said at the top of the show at the at the beginning of the, um, of the episode, baseball baseball should feel proud about itself. It, it should if it, it should it should really feel proud about itself because it stuck to its roots. It stuck to its roots. It was great storytelling. Um, everything surrounding the actual game was done properly. It was done properly. And I know I had these conversations about the NFL and NBA, but the talent that we are seeing in sports just in general, I mean, from the Olympics to the NBA, any any the, the talent and the skill set that we are seeing in sports today, it's amazing. And baseball is another is another sport where the talent that is on display, we got so many, and I often talk about this with quarterbacks in the NFL. There's so like 
usually they're like there used to be a prototypical franchise quarterback and what a franchise quarterback looks like in today's nfl that i mean they come in like the quarterbacks coming all different shapes and sizes <laughs> you got kyla murray who's 510 running around little small but electrifying you got Six six Justin Herbert, strong arm, mobile. Then you got, I don't know. You then you got Mahomes that's six two and six three. You got Aaron Rodgers who's six two, six three. You got Brady who not the not the quickest athlete, but tall, you know, got a lot of got a lot of oomph to him. Six four, six five. <laughs> the quarterbacks come in all shapes and sizes today. Uh, Lamar and, and that's the same thing with baseball. Baseball has so many great players from uh, from a guy, you know, from a guy like Tim Anderson. Who had the walk-off home run last night? Uh, one, of, you know, Tim Anderson, one of the better shortstops in baseball, has been really has been consistently good. Uh, I mean, they they come in all shorts, it's shapes like just shapes and sizes as far as the talent and what we see in today's sports world. But with baseball, dudes are faster. Dudes, dudes are bigger than ever. Uh, dudes throw throw are throwing harder than so like these guys are throwing harder than ever. So the talent is there. There's nothing wrong with baseball talent. I, I still think they should do a better job of marketing their superstars and their stars. But the game of baseball doesn't lack talent. But I think also the ba- baseball it has it, it has its history to rely upon. It's America's pastime. Their baseball's history is their advantage. When, when you're comparing it against, like, the NFL or the NBA, baseball's history is something that they can latch on to. But they got to do it in a good way, obviously. Like, you know, tr- the unwritten rules. Like, some of the un- – some of the some of baseball's unwritten rules are out – come on, let's be honest. They're outdated. But I think there's, there's parts of the game that baseball can lay its head upon and expound on that and, and and put events around some of these historical events um, surrounding baseball. I think there's a way. Um, and, and, and in terms of entertainment value, um, no matter how many home runs a particular player or team hit, the entertainment is – I just don't think it's going to be able to match up in, in terms of what the NFL and what they can offer, offer. – um, in the NBA and what they can offer, I just don't think it'll match up. And, and the home runs are great to watch, but I think the MLB has to lay its hat on who it is, and that's America's pastime. And it could rely, it could re, it could rely on its history and based it based its events off of that. Simple as that. Um, you gotta have in in the regular the 162 games, you know, the regular season. It's not going to be as meaningful as the NFL's regular season, but you can pinpoint certain events. You can calendar certain events where you know your rate, your your viewership, and the ratings are going to be excellent. So I think the Field of Dreams, that whole event, I think that should be an annual event for the for the for MLB for the MLB. Um, and they need the they need to launch off of this idea. And just make and try to make more events around surrounding the regular season to add to give the regular season some more juice, some more pop, some more relevancy, some more urgency. 
um, because that's what sells. And like I said, the hundred, the, you know, the, the regular season is long, it's drawn out. But when you can have some bright moments in there, and then that leads up to your postseason, I think that'll be really beneficial for baseball. But let's shift gears to another rookie quarterback that is set to make his preseason debut for his team. Uh, and I'm talking about Trey Lance of the San Francisco 49ers. I talked about Mac Jones and what I expected and what I saw from Mac Jones and so forth. Um, and the guy that the 49ers rode with over Mac Jones, uh, Trey Lance, who I and you guys know I like Trey Lance. But let me tell you this. I think Kyle Shanahan and I've and I've said this like right after I've said this right after the draft, before the draft. Like I said, I had Coach Leon. We were talking about this. But I think Kyle Shanahan has hit a turning point in his career. I think he has turned the corner away from the prototypical quarterback that he usually aims for which is typically a guy that's going to run his offense, uh, essentially kind of a robot, where Kyle tells him a play, he designs a play, he dials up the play, they run the play, they execute the play to his liking, right? And you, that's good and all. Those guys are good. Those, and I'm not saying those guys aren't good, the prototypical quarterbacks that he's worked with or had, but when you think of those guys, you think of guys like Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan. Like I said, nothing wrong with those guys. Nothing wrong with those guys at all. But I I do think with this pick with Trey Lance, and I talked about this before the draft and after the draft a little bit, I do think this is this is a, a, a turning point in his career as he is trying to aim for a different look at the quarterback position, something that he hasn't had, quite frankly. Because usually when you see a Kyle Shanahan, you know, quarterbacks, um, most of the quarterbacks within Kyle Shanahan's offense or system or that has worked, you know, or that he's been the OC or the coach of, prototypical pocket passer. He, he, he makes sure they go through their progressions, their reads, their drops, and so forth. They ma- he makes sure that they, they're, you know, they, they're seeing the right defense. They know who to throw it to. They're making the right timing passes and so forth. Everything is, everything is efficient, on time, accurate. He wants that. But when you think of a guy, when you, but like I said, when you think of the quarterbacks that he's had, you, you, you think of the guys like Kirk Cousins, Matt Schaub, or that's played in his system. You think of you think of Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, but okay. And and when Cal designs a play, when he calls a play against a defense and it works in the right moment, fine. But what happens when the play blows up and it doesn't work? What can those guys do? Those the the, us, the usual prototypical quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan looks for. When the play breaks down, they can't do anything. But with a guy like Trey Lance, he possesses the necessary skill set where he can he he has the ability to extend plays. It's a, it's 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 a lot of what it's the transition that I was talking about in my first segment with Mac Jones. 
Trey Lance give you that ability where he can extend plays and he has the talent where he can be dynamic with his arm or his legs. And that's what I talked about. And I think Kyle Shanahan has realized it. I that's just my opinion. I think he's realized it. I and I and I always go back. I always go back to the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 54 between the Kansas City Chiefs and Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo played great. Or I'm not going to say he played great. But in the first three quarters, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. In the first three quarters, Jimmy Garoppolo outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. That's facts. But in the fourth quarter, when it was time to make plays, team trailing, Patrick Mahomes was able to hit a switch and extend plays and become dynamic with his arm. In three out of the four quarters, Jimmy Garoppolo outplayed Patrick Mahomes. But when it was time to make the plays when they needed to be made and the throws when they were needed, when those throws were most needed, Patrick Mahomes made those throws. That deep shot to Emmanuel Sanders, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't make that throw. He didn't make that throw. He didn't make the throws when they when they counted most. And I think since then, I think since then, Kyle Shanahan has realized and understood. I I, I can't do it. I have to. I have to find a guy who can be who can become dynamic and extend plays when the play breaks down. When the when when the first read and when the second read and when the third read is not there, I have to have a guy on the center who can who can just straight out play and extend the play and use their God given abilities. I think that's what he realized that night, because like Jimmy Garoppolo outplayed he outplayed Patrick Mahomes in the first three quarters, but in the fourth quarter. When Mahomes was trailing, Mahomes extended plays. He used his talents. He used his he, he he became dynamic. Garoppolo couldn't. When plays broke down, Garoppolo couldn't do the same thing. And I think that is why. I think that's one of the main reasons why. I think that I think that's the main reason why Trey Lance, the 49ers, ultimately took Trey Lance over Mac Jones. I think that's the I think that's the reason why. I think that's the reason why Trey Lance gives you the ability to extend plays and he's he's super dynamic. Super dynamic with his arm and his legs. And that's something Kyle Shanahan, I think, since that Super Bowl loss versus the Kansas City Chiefs, I think he's been in search of that guy since that loss and i think he may have found them i think he may have found them and think and think about it like this not even the, the super bowl loss okay i talked about the super bowl loss but think about this and this is the funny thing and it's so funny that we don't even bring it up but 
the 2017 draft. <laughs> the 2017 draft. Everybody kills the Bears. Everybody killed the Bears for moving all the way up to two only to draft Mitchell Trubisky. And, yeah, we should be killing the Bears, right? <laughs> yeah, obviously. But nobody ever talks about the fact or speak on the fact that the 49ers were at three. The 49ers were at three, and they they had the chance to draft Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, and they didn't. They drafted Solomon Thomas. Solomon Thomas, a fine player, but we laugh. People laugh at the Bears, and they crucify the Bears for not drafting one of those two guys, Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, but the 49ers at three did the same exact thing where they did not draft Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, and I think a lot of it back then in 2017 I think a lot of it still had to do with Kyle Shanahan wanting the type of quarterback that he always has wanted. And that is the prototypical pocket passer, accurate guy who I'm not met. Like those quarterbacks are pretty good. The guys that he's had are pretty good. But like I said, when the play breaks down and you need a guy that's going to be able to extend the play. Matt Ryan's not doing that for you. Jimmy Garoppolo's not doing that for you. Just not. Simple as that. He's just not. And 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 I like this. I think this shows growth. And this is why I like Kyle Shanahan so much. Because this, if I'm right about my opinion, or if my opinion has any type of... um. If it has any type of ground I can stand on with this opinion, then this is why I like Kyle Shanahan so much. Now, if I'm totally wrong, okay. But I think I'm right about this, where Shanahan has turned the corner as far as the quarterbacks that he's looking for. Because I think Shanahan is smart enough, to my point that I made earlier in the first segment, to my point earlier, you look at the Super Bowl contenders, you look at the really good teams in the league, you look at the quarterbacks that's thriving, you know what they have in common? They can they can stretch the defense with their arm. They can even stretch defense with their arm, beat you over the top, extend plays, or be or, or be very dynamic with their arm or legs. And I know some of you guys are like, well, Brady's not athletic. Brady can still beat you over the top. Brady is not afraid to stretch defense. So we look at teams like the Bills, the, 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 the Chiefs, hell, even, even the Ravens. They all got somebody under center that can extend plays when the play break down. And I think that's what Sean McVay realized, and I think that's what Kyle Shanahan realized. I really do. I, I I think that's what they I think that's what they have come to terms to, especially Kyle Shanahan, because Kyle Shanahan forever has always wanted the prototypical pocket passing quarterback, right? Um, high efficiency guy, 
accurate guy from the, you know, pure pocket passer. That's what Kyle Shanahan has has wanted to run his offense. But I think he has become smart enough, and I think Kyle Shanahan is very smart as far as offensive mind. I think he knows where the game is trending towards, and then and with that, I think that has enticed him to turn a corner in his career and go with a quarterback that mess that necessarily that you know that may not necessarily fit what he has always wanted but i think it fits what he needs i think it fits what he needs now i don't know if trey lance is gonna i i, I heard i think uh Kyle shanahan said he's gonna get about 30 snaps or so so garoppolo is gonna be the starter and i don't i don't know who knows when trey lance plays i don't know if he i don't know if he even plays this season my guess is he probably will um that's my guess I don't know when, though. It, that could be in November. It could be October. We don't know. But I do think Trey Lance at some point will probably see the field this year because that's just where the NFL has gone, where you, you know, typically when you draft a, a quarterback in the first round in today's NFL, you expect them to see the field at some point of the season. That's just the way how things have trended. That's just the way. That's this direct. That that's just the direction um, things have trended towards in the NFL. But I think Kyle Shanahan has found the guy that he's needed. Not necessarily what he wants, probably. And like I said, I think he's turned the corner on that. But it's definitely something that he needs. So, um, I, and I, I, I really, as you guys can tell, I, I enjoy talking about these rookie quarterbacks. Um. I really do. I, and as far as the Trey Lance situation in San Francisco, I think he's coming into a like a damn near perfect situation. I think he's coming into a, a damn near perfect situation. Offensive line is ready. Playmakers on the outside. A really a, 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 a smart, offensive-minded coach. You know, you got a really solid defense. John Lynch is a really good GM. He's proven to be a really good GM over the past couple years um, since he's taken over for the 49ers. So this is damn near a perfect situation for Trey Lance. Um, he's literally being he's literally being given the keys to a Rolls Royce and basically saying, hey, don't hit, don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. So I find this really interesting. Um, and, and like, I I keep, and you got, you guys have heard my debates with, uh, and conversations with coach Lee about this quarterback thing. And especially with Mac Jones and Trey Lance and the 49ers and so forth. I think Kyle Shanahan has turned the corner in his career. And I think, um, yeah. I think he has what he needs as far as Trey Lance at the quarterback position. I think that's what that's where the league is going. That's where the league is heading. Not you know, I don't think that I don't the Chargers are a great example. Like I don't think the Chargers are necessarily like a Super Bowl contender yet. But um could they be a dark a dark horse? Yeah, maybe. I don't think they're gonna, you know, but they got somebody special at the quarterback position in Justin Herbert. That's just my opinion. Um, so yeah. 
but you, I think this is the trend. I, I really do. I, I really do. And some people may disagree. Uh, hey, I really do think this is the trend where the quarterback position is heading. Um, and with Mac Jones, like I said, I don't want it to be negative with Mac Jones. I, I, I'm not trying to be negative with Mac Jones. I just think he has a low ceiling. I, I think it's just coming to realization. You know, I'm just a, I'm giving you a glimpse of reality. I think he has a low ceiling um, with especially with New England and the skill position players that they have um, and, you know, them not being the best at drafting um, receivers or running backs. I think I think Mike Jones has a low ceiling. Now, I'm not saying he's going to be a bust. I'm not saying the Patriots can't win games with him. They can win games with him. With the style, how the Patriots play, you can win nine to ten games with that style. But as far as being a legit Super Bowl contender, I don't see it. <clears throat> I don't see it whatsoever. And um, I'm going to wrap this bad boy up because I don't want to hold you guys too much longer. But I wanted to hit on those topics. I thought those are really important to touch on and talk about. Uh, really interesting to see these quarter these rookie, these rookie quarterbacks play. Um, you know, their first get their first taste of NFL football, even though it's the preseason, still to get their really fir- their real first taste of uh of the NFL season or of the NFL period. But um uh, without further ado, I'll let you guys go. Um office member two choices, one decision. I greatly appreciate you guys for listening to the end. Uh I will be back next week. Um enjoy. See you guys. <laughs>